Hey gamers, this is Joe from What I'm Playing Now, and I have episode 223 of the podcast that was originally recorded on February 16th of 2020. This week, under the What I'm Playing Now section of the show, I talk about Welcome to, and a little older of a game, a couple years older, but a game that we recently just added to our collection and we are having a lot of fun with. We also just recently acquired Atlantis Rising. This co-op game is a really big hit in our house. Of course, I also talk about a few of the things that I want to play. Enjoy the episode. Hey gamers, welcome to the games. This is Joe Luzzi from What I'm Playing Now and welcome to another episode of the What I'm Playing Now podcast. Today we're on episode 223 and Kim and I have actually started doing some filming of some new videos. Uh, we actually did get one video done, but I think we're actually going to be doing a redo on that video. I think I had the one camera a little bit too dark and I'm not liking the way it's kind of looking right now. So we're going to play around and try to tweak uh, some of the settings a little bit in the studio. Some play around with the lighting a little bit more and move the lights around. Um, try some different settings for the one camera. The DSLR is the one that we're using to actually shoot us now instead of actually shooting the game board. And well, the new camera that I got for the to point down on the game board was actually looking good and was a good color. I think we were kind of just a little too dark um, in the video and I had on a green jersey and it kind of looked black. So I think we're going to be refilming that video here in the next couple of days. I'm going to be sitting down in the in the video in the in the video room and uh, play around with some of the settings like I said to see if we can clean some of those things up but this hasn't stopped us from playing some new games and being able to talk about some things uh, one of the games we picked up recently and actually started playing is a game that I think I had talked about probably a year or two ago um, from our origin show when we were at Origins a couple years ago, and that is Welcome To. This is a little interesting flip and write game that became extremely popular. I think I had only talked about it a little bit. It was one that we recently just added to the collection, so I figured let me actually throw this one in here. And for those of you who haven't played this game, which was published by Blue Cocker Games and Deep Water Games, if you're into the rolling rights or the flip and rights, this is probably one that you really want to get to the table and and get a get get played it is a lot of fun a lot of variability a lot of replayability with the game in this game you what you're doing is you're actually playing an architect from the 1950s and what you're trying to do is just design the best city that you can there's three different blocks of streets and there's going to be a deck of cards that have numbers on them and when you flip over those cards the back side will have an action so you're going to divide the cards into three different decks, flip over the top cards. So this way there will be a column of numbered cards and then a column of action cards. On your turn, you're going to pick one of the numbers. Everybody's kind of going to do this simultaneously. You're going to pick one of the numbers and then you're going to be able to do the action that's next to it. As long as you can actually put that number onto your uh, player board, onto your, you know, into your player board that you have in front of you. So the different actions that you can do are there is a surveyor action that allows you to put a fence in between a couple of houses. What this is going to do is this will let you divide up some of your houses into kind of different sets of houses, which you can then use the real estate agent to kind of 
give you more points for those different sets of houses. So let's say I put some fences down and I have three sets of two houses. When I play the real estate action, I have a I have different columns where it says two, three, four, which are the different sets that you can kind of put together for kind of set collection. And you can mark off the top number in those and that mark by marking off the number, you're actually causing the scoring for your sets to increase. So if I was looking at the two column there, normally those would score two points. If I use a real estate action, I can cross off that two and those those two houses that I have three sets of are now going to score three points each instead of just two points each. The next action that we have is the landscaper action. What this allows you to do is on each street, there are trees above each street, which are kind of like uh, building parks. And when you do the landscaper action, you're allowed to cross off the street or the, the trees. Each one that you cross off will give you more points you will, whenever you cross one off, you will then score the points that are directly to the right of that one. So the more trees you cross off, the larger the points you're going to get at the end of the game when you start scoring uh, the landscaper action. And then we have the pool manufacturer. What this allows you to do is there are houses in your streets that have pools in them. When you can put the number of a house into a house that has a pull on there and you're doing the pull action, there is a section of your kind of tableau of your score pad that has different scorings on there. You will cross off the lowest number, which is basically going to just increase the number of or the, your scoring for the pulls when you do the scoring at the end of the game. We're then going to jump over to the temp agency action. And what the temp agency action allows you to do, it actually allows you to add or subtract one or two to the house number that you're going to write down on one of the houses on your um, score pad. Then, then you can actually cross off the temp agency section of the board, which kind of just looks like, which kind of just looks like a roadblock. And the person who's who crosses off the most temp agency spots gets to score seven points at the end of the game and the next highest player gets to score four points and then we have one more action which is called the biz action and this one can get a little confusing when you're writing the number of your houses down on your score score pad you're going numerically in in an increasing order from left to right so if the furthest left house that I started writing with the number two, I could then go three, four, or I could go two, four, six. You don't have to necessarily go numerically in order, but they do have to go in increasing order. The biz action actually lets you put the same numbered house next to one of the other houses that you have. So if I have two, three, four, and then I wanted to put another four down, I would do that with the biz action. But there is a little bit of a drawback to being able to do this as you will be subtracting um, the smallest number that you have crossed off from the biz section of the tableau. So while this lets you actually put down, you know, number an additional number to the number that you're putting down that was on the card, you do lose some points from taking that biz action. So it's one that you really want to kind of keep track of and just, you know, use sparingly throughout the game. There's also going to be some cards on the table, which are city plans. These are kind of end game goals that each player will have, and each player can take additional cards that you can utilize at the end of the game. 
and you're just going to go through the whole deck of cards and at the end of the game score everything and see who has built the best city and with the highest score uh for flipping right games this game is a lot of fun there are several expansions to this already we've only played the base game uh, we've seen several of the different expansions but we haven't played them yet but like I said, as far as um, flipping rights go, uh, this is one that you definitely, definitely want to get to the table. And I'm sure a lot of people have played this one, but it's one that, like I said, we had just recently added our collection. So we just wanted to talk about it real quick here in the podcast. And then the next game that we played this past week, we played this a couple of times. We played a two player, a couple of two player games. We've played a three player game. So far, we've played the game on easy and I think we've won all of our games, even though when we played our three-player game, we did make a couple of mistakes to make the game a little bit harder than what it needed to be. And this game is Atlantis, Atlantis Rising. This game is from Elf Creek Games. This was on Kickstarter. Uh, I believe the Kickstarter shipped in this game recently just hit the retail stores. Kim and I saw this game last year at Origins, and while we didn't get a chance to play it, every time we walked by, Kim really liked the table presence of the game. She really liked the way it looked. I did some research into it and told her, you do realize this is a cooperative game, and she is normally not one to be a fan of cooperative games, but I wasn't going to argue with her uh, when she said she wanted it. I'm definitely not going to stop from getting any sort of game in our house, so we grabbed this. And I will say the components, even in the retail game, are really nice. The map that we also picked up is is beautiful it's they did some really really good job they did a really great job here um, with the look of the game and the components and we don't even have the kickstarter deluxe components the just the base retail game components are actually really really well done i will say uh, the object of this game is to be able to survive the flooding of Atlantis and you're working together to actually build different parts of a portal. Once you get all the pieces to the portal built, you build the portal itself. And this kind of opens a gateway from Atlantis for you to be able to move off of the parts of the land that are sinking into a safer section of the universe and be teleported to a place where you can live happily ever after. And that is Basically, what you're doing at the end is building the cosmic gate. So how is this all done and how do you save yourself and all your fellow Atlanteans? It's kind of a worker placement game. There are going to be six different spots on the board. There's going to be three different spots that will allow you to roll a dice to get some resources. And then you have three other spots on the board where you're going to be able to turn resources into other resources or turn one resource into another resource. You can actually pick up cards and build your hand of cards better. Some cards that you have have a one-off use. Other cards will be artifacts, which you can play in front of you and can have a game or an effect for the whole game. Uh, the other and last section of land that you can put your workers on is a place where you can actually recruit more workers. So at the beginning of the game, you're going to go through setup. Like I said, we played the easy game. So that tells you which type of cards you want to incorporate into the one main deck. You're going to start off around by everybody placing their Atlanteans and you're going to be placing your workers at different spots of the board. And this is a good time where basically everybody just kind of starts talking and saying, I'm going to try to do this. 
there are certain spots of the board where multiple people have to go if you want to do the action. One of those spaces is when you're trying to get additional workers, two people have to go onto a spot to be able to roll the dice to obtain a worker. Most of the other spots on the board for either rolling the dice to get resources or do the cards or the swap of resources, you only need to have one worker there, but you can have multiple workers in some of these spots and even multiple workers from the same person on a lot of these spots to be able to do that. Once everybody has placed their Atlanteans, when we were playing our three-player game, it was a little easier um, for the next phase for Suffer Misfortunes. And actually, the two-player wasn't that bad either. Suffering Misfortunes, there's a Misfortune card deck. Each player is going to go around and pick a card, and it usually has something bad that can kind of happen. There could be a card that has nothing happening, or there could be a card where a particular part of the island has actually sunk and you would then flip that over and that part of the land would then be an inaccessible. You start doing the, the flooding from the furthest tiles out and those furthest tiles out from the center of the wheel that's kind of built here um, is the spots that normally have the best resources or the highest amount of resources that you can get for that particular resource or the easiest resource. It would have the lowest die roll possibly. So those outer ringed spots are very important to try to keep alive as long as you can, especially at the beginning of the game. So you can start collecting resources and not be hampered by having to roll fives or sixes on your dice to be able to get some of the resources. After everybody, in our three-player game, each person took one card, and then the first player would need to take a second card. It seems like that you have to kind of draw four cards, at least, even in your lower count game. So when Kim and I were playing our two-player game, each of us had to draw two cards on our turn um, for the misfortunes. I would draw one, she would draw one, then I would draw another one, then she would draw one. So that was how the two-player game was played. So there, there's some additional rules for the two players that you really need to pay attention to. Three players really wasn't that bad. It was, it was just a little bit different. After you have your Suffer Misfortunes, everybody's going to go around and take their actions. Actions in this game can be taken in any order. So if I want to roll my dice to get some resources and then use those resources to possibly build uh, a component that we need to finish up our gate, that is possibly a way to do things. There's And each player has a player in front of them that has a special action that they can also use during the round as well. Something that you really want to pay attention to. When Kim and I were doing our two-player game, you actually have a hologram player that you kind of get to use as a dummy player. That hologram player, at the beginning of each person's turn, they draw two player car, player tiles off of the top of the, the big player tile deck, choose one that they're going to use for the round, and that the, the, the first player for the turn gets to actually play that hologram player and then possibly use that special action for the round. So that's kind of how the two-player game works. And it's a really, I thought it was a really interesting way that they did that and kind of gave, gave the dummy player a little bit more, more feel like they were actually in the game and not just following blindly like a deck of cards that would just have them doing something randomly. We found that in our two-player game, we were really using that hologram player to really help us do a lot of different things. And by having a different extra action available each round, it was really nice because sometimes those actions, they are very varied um, as far as all the different players that uh, player tiles that they have. 
So it was nice having that variability there and that, um, you know, being able to choose what type of action we're going to need for the upcoming round. After everybody takes their actions, you need to endure the Wrath of the Gods. There is a Wrath of the Gods track, and this is where kind of at each round there is an increase in um, flooding that's going to be happening. You're going to be moving a token along this track. And when a game starts off, you're going to be flipping over no tiles, but towards the end of the game, you're going to be flipping over three tiles at your choosing to see which different parts of the of the of the land that you want to you know flood so there's there's a lot of different strategy going on here you have to figure out what resources do you need to currently figure finish some of the components you need to build is there enough tiles left face up you know when you get to this wrath of the gods as far as which ones you want to flip over and which ones you know, you, you, you want to kind of keep around. So you really sit there. There's a lot of talking around the table. You really kind of have to look and see what everybody has resource wise in front of them, what resources they still need to collect. And I have to say there was, there was there, when Kim and I played our two player game, it was very, very stressful. Somehow we pulled out the win and we thought for sure we were done because a couple of turns before the game actually finished, we were sitting there kind of counting everything out and I was sitting there and I go, I don't think we're going to be able to survive this because when the wrath of the gods hits and we're flipping over three tiles per turn, I go, there weren't, I didn't think there were enough tiles to, to be able to flip over. And I thought the whole, the whole island was going to be sunk, but there's ways you can curtail this by using some of your resources to flip tiles back over or to put down some sort of protective barrier on those that will get removed before the tile is actually flipped. We were able to use some of that strategy and use some of those additional things in the game to keep us floating just long enough to where we were able to survive had we had to go one more round i think for certain i think we were down to three tiles that were left that were not flipped over and sunk uh so had we gone an extra round i think the game would have been over and we would have lost right there so luckily we haven't played a game where we've lost yet uh we've come very close a couple of times in our three-player game that we had played i think it was definitely a little easier uh, but in our two-player game, Kim and I were definitely struggling towards the end. We we thought for sure that we were pretty much just goners in the game. But it's a very, very fun, interesting worker placement game. Like I said, the look on the table is one that is... It's when we were walking by the game at Origins, every, every time we walked by, it just caught Kim's eye. And it was, she wanted to sit down and play it. And every time we walked by, there were already people at the table. We, we didn't get a chance to actually play that with the schedule that we had. And I really wish we would have, because it would have been nice to, to get a game of this under our belts uh, before we had to wait almost a good six to eight months before we were able to purchase it, because we had missed the Kickstarter. But definitely glad we picked this one up. If you like co-op games, if you're into very thinky strategy games, this one will definitely get you thinking. It's it's definitely not a game for the lighthearted. You will get close to that um, that flooding the land very quickly. And if you find that playing the way we did, which was the, which was basically with the easy setup, 
there is a lot of ways you can make the game harder. They have additional cards you can add in to make the island actually sink and flood faster. There's a lot of different ways that they actually have in the rule book to make the game harder, to make the game more difficult. And once you've mastered the easy section, which I won't even say we have yet, um, I think we're comfortable with it, but they actually have five different levels of difficulty listed in the rule book. So once you feel like you've mastered one level, feel free to mix up those cards, add in some more cards. The cards you would be adding in would be more of the controlled floods, which are going to be the cards that would actually make you flood and flip over the tiles. And then you're going to be act, be removing Calm C cards. And the Calm C cards are cards that you'll flip over during that phase. That is where nothing happens. So I have to say, Elf Creek Games definitely hit it out of the park with this one with the component wise with the gameplay we're really enjoying this one we're hopefully going to be doing a video for this one soon so once we get the previous video finished and we make sure that all of our lighting and everything is correct we're definitely going to be jumping over to atlantis rising and doing a video for that one from elf creek games so those are a couple of the games that we've played for the past week Let's talk about a few of the things that I want to play. The other day I was sitting down and I was watching uh, the Board Game Geek video of Game Night for Abomination, The Heir of Frankenstein. This is a worker placement game where you're going to be going around collecting different body parts um, from the board and then building um, kind of like your Frankenstein. Uh, this kind of sounds pretty cool. One of my buddies has this game. I think we're going to be playing this game soon here in the future and depending on how the gameplay goes i have a feeling this one may be added to our collection uh for what i saw in the game night video on board game geek uh the gameplay on this one looked really cool kim and i really enjoy worker placement games and while some people may not like the theme of this game and putting together a frankenstein type of monster and collecting body parts and stuff like that i know that could be off-putting to some people I don't think we'll mind that. We're definite horror fans. So I think this is a game that would go right up our alley. That is Abomination, the Heir of Frankenstein. One of the other games that I've noticed that I was looking around on Board Game Geek when I'm trying to find some of the newer games that are going to be coming out. We have a newer game coming out from AEG called Dead Reckoning. This is a game of piracy and exploration. Um, I am all for pirate games. I love the whole pirate theme. So just the one picture that they have here, a couple of the pictures that they have on Board Game Geek, this game looks very interesting. I can't wait to actually read a little bit more than some of the description that they have out here on Board Game Geek. The description that they have uh, does sound like it's going to be pretty cool. Uh, it is actually being designed by John D. Clare. So I believe it actually has some of his card crafting in there, as well as a dynamic, a you battle via a dynamic cube tower is what they have written here on BoardGameGeek. So I think between those things, this sounds like it could be a very, very interesting game with a theme that I really enjoy being pirates. So I'm going to be keeping my eye out for this one and kind of can't wait to see what happens there. But I think for now, that is going to be it for this week's podcast. 
As always, you can send me some emails. Let me know what you're playing now. You can send those emails to what I'm playing now at gmail.com. You can join us over in some conversations over in our Board Game Geek Guild. We are Guild 2440, the What I'm Playing Now Guild. On Twitter and Instagram, you can follow us there at What I'm Playing Now. Don't forget to drop the G like I always say on those. And we've been definitely trying to get more followers on our Instagram. I think we're about 10 away from 900. So if there's anybody out there that isn't following us on Instagram, please give us a quick follow and see if you can bump us over that 900 mark. That would be greatly appreciated. On Facebook, you can find us at What I'm Playing Now. On Twitch.tv, you can or Twitch, you can find us at Twitch.tv slash What I'm Playing Now. And of course, our YouTube channel, which we will hopefully have a couple of videos coming out here soon in the next week or so, is YouTube.com slash What I'm Playing Now. I'd like to thank everybody for joining me for another podcast. Until next week, everybody, you know what to do. Go play some games and let me know what you're playing now. Until then, everybody. You have a great couple weeks gaming, and we will be back in two weeks with another episode. Take care and have fun gaming. Bye-bye.